0: Hi, I'm Ben.
1: And I'm Diana.
0: Welcome to Filmscape, a movie reviewing podcast. Today, we're reviewing Candyman, a sequel and soft reboot of the original 1992 horror movie.
1: This is where it all began. The story of candy man. Local character. He walk around handing out candy to the neighborhood kids. One day, a couple of kids get razor blades in their candy. Police come around. That's when I saw the true face of fear. Get on your knees. Hands, hands, hands. They beat him. Tortured him. Killed him. Right there on the spot. But a couple weeks later. More razor blades and more candy. He been innocent. So he's real. Candyman ain't a he. Candyman's the whole damn hive. If you're out here looking for Candyman, you ask me, stay away.
0: Diana, what did you think of Candyman?
1: I really liked it. I was really enjoying myself because... I really liked that from the very beginning, the music kind of haunted you. And also, not only did it stay with you, but it was trying to be reversed. You know, of course, it's very obvious from the times that they show the different companies that are producing. I think it's all part of the movie's mission and its subversion of the legend of Candyman.
0: I liked this movie a lot. It was a a lean movie. There was no filler. There was no fluff. It was almost too short. I thought a little more suspense and maybe fleshing out of the mythology because they expand on what you learn from the first Candyman. They add in some new elements and it's not really elaborated on. They try to cram all these different Plot developments into kind of a short time. That would be my my only real issues: the mythology and kind of inconsistent plot details, especially with the Candyman and some other revelations about the Candyman curse and what that means, and that some things felt maybe a little rushed or happened too quickly, especially the whole ending. Though the ending, I did really like what was there. Yeah. Yeah. This Candyman, they just called it Candyman. They didn't call it Candyman 2, even though it's supposedly a direct sequel. And there are already already some sequels that exist, but I think they're just like direct-to-video things that no one really watched. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen them. So I, I'm pretty sure this is just another kind of soft reboot situation where it takes place decades later and it's the original plot thrust or whatever comes back. It's literally like a new generation is now dealing with the issue, the conflict, the story that was established in the first movie. That's what this is. Though they're calling it a direct sequel. But you could watch it without seeing the first one. You'll probably be a little confused by what's really going on. I mean, even if you did watch the first movie, it is a little bit like, wait, what? About some things, but generally it is kind of like a new Candyman for modern times. And they also try to update the social commentary. There's all that stuff. So there's a lot going on in this movie.
1: We also have to give credit, though, there is an effort to give some context that there was the grad student who was doing this research. Right. That's why it's like a soft reboot, because they
0: retell the first movie a little bit. That's why I'm saying you could watch this without seeing the first one. In a way, that's why it's kind of like a soft reboot. It's not really a sequel. It's also been almost 30 years since the first one. It's like Jurassic World. It's a sequel to the Jurassic Park trilogy, but it's basically a new thing and basically a remake in a lot of ways. The first Candyman is pretty unique, and I think it does hold itself up to the standards of the classic slashers, Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street. It was a little later than those, but it's memorable, and Candyman is one of the most well-known slashers. So I just didn't want this to be essentially a remake just basically remaking the first movie but with new characters in 2021 because like who cares the story has been told i don't need a remake telling me the same story i already know and thankfully this was not that a bunch of different things happened and they expanded the mythology more than i thought they would
1: uh-huh.
0: even if it wasn't perfectly clear and maybe 100 percent done the best way it was mostly there uh-huh. and i didn't really know where it was going I really liked the directing. Yes. Ania DeCosta. There's some really interesting, creative shots. It looked really good. One thing that I remember about the first Candyman was how gross and dirty and lived and everything was. And it made me want to take was a nasty. shower. It was nasty. Yeah. Like one of the nastiest looking movies ever. And this one's a lot more clean and nice and classy looking. But I think if anything, it's the music really gives you that sense of dread yes. and suspense. A lot of the violence is off screen, and I think because this is a slasher movie, it's a horror movie, I don't want to sound like a weirdo, but I wish a little more of the violence was on screen. It was almost a little bit too PG-13-ish with how much they weren't showing. But then all these other things happen. That's, you know, you see the aftermath and definitely interesting creative choices all around. Right. I really liked that Jordan Peele co-wrote this movie.
1: Yes. One thing that I really loved was, when you're mentioning the music, by the way, I also loved the music. Uh, That was one of the first things that I mentioned that really stuck with me, and that I found the soundtrack to be, as I mentioned earlier, haunting, but very much, you know, as Ben said, maintaining that sense of dread, really keeping you, and it kept feeding into the film, and it kept pulling me back into the story, and I really, really appreciated that I mean that's what it's supposed to do and it was definitely achieved it was by Robert Aki Aubrey Lowe I love that there were the dissonances that obviously like are supposed to make people feel awkward or weird but I I think that I'm just gonna listen to this soundtrack probably in my spare time for fun even though people might think it's kind of (laughs) weird
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't do that myself but I, I think it I think it goes well with the film For sure. And it was effective. And then the sound design in general was really good. Yeah. And added to everything. It stood out as being more exceptional than just any run-of-the-mill horror movie. The way this was crafted and everything, it's a little little higher level. A little more noteworthy.
1: Yes. Also, the actors did a very good job trying to convey whether it was their own sense of dread of Candyman or their own skepticism of the legend. Anthony McCoy, he's our main character. He's a visual artist living in Chicago with his girlfriend, Brianna Cartwright. One night, Brianna's brother, Troy, shares the story of Candyman and Helen Lyle, who was the white graduate student who originally died in the first Candyman film, and so that's part of how they integrate the lore. They
0: basically jump right in. Troy tells the story of the first movie, except I guess it's kind of been a false legend around the area that Helen went on a killing spree, whereas in the first movie, if you've seen it, you know that she was just trying to investigate the Candyman legend in this area. And she actually saved a little baby that Candyman wanted to sacrifice. These are full spoilers for the first Candyman movie. Because Candyman has an interest in her as she's investigating. And because it's alluded to that she is the reincarnation of his dead love of his life. Because in the, I think, late 19th century, Candyman was just a human being, a black man who fell in love with a white woman, and they had a baby, or they were going to have a baby. And then that town found out about it and basically lynched him as a result, and it involved honey and bees. So that's why the famous Candyman slasher villain is this immortal, supernatural ghost who has bees around him. That's the Candyman look. That's the classic Candyman character. Tony Todd who's a very tall man, the actor with the bees. That's what Helen Lyle was investigating. And where'd the baby come from in the first movie? Was that just some baby that some random woman in one of the yes, apartments which, had?
1: Which we meet. The lady is the mom of...
0: Who looks the same age as him.
1: Yes. That one. I love that that's how you give your context, but yeah.
0: It's an odd plot. This baby ends up in the climax of the first movie. He's just... A woman's baby in the apartment building where Candyman is haunting and it's alluded to that that's Candyman and his love interest's baby and at the end there's this bonfire in the apartment area and he wants them all to burn and be together in the afterlife I guess but helen manages to save the baby and she dies in the process so this anthony mccoy character we soon find out is that baby all grown up in this area yep. and candy man is calling to him for some reason he is now and i thought his backstory was kind of interesting is that he's this kind of struggling artist in chicago he's able to get his stuff in a gallery because he's dating an art gallery director and he's not really taken seriously by the other artists and by critics. They kind of have some scenes like that. Right. And it's not its not really a type of protagonist you normally see in a movie. Certainly not in a horror movie. Yep. So the fact that he kind of has that conflict of trying to bring about these themes of social justice and, and current race relations into his work. And not having it be contrived and cliche. That's kind of what the art critic was saying. That's who he is. The Candyman starts coming back. But he finds out while trying to figure out what's going on, there's this guy who owns a laundromat. He has an encounter with a different candy man. So we find out there's multiple candy men. I feel really
1: connected to this story. Go on. Right here in this neighborhood. The legend started. Uh-huh. And the legend is. If we say his name five times while looking in the mirror, we could summon him. Summon the Candyman. Hell no. Nah. Candyman. Anthony knows. Candyman. Stop. I don't want to get creeped out in my new apartment before bed. candy. Black people don't need to be summoning. No. I dare you. Don't say that. Say his name. Candyman. Candyman. You better not do that last one. Candyman. Candyman. You want to be a part of the story, right? No. Say his name. Candyman. The different Candymen are essentially all these different black men who have been either falsely accused or they've been wronged and then killed, and William Burke who owns the laundromat. He has a lot of knowledge about Candyman that he shares with Anthony to kind of give context for his paintings.
0: Anthony, early in the movie, he gets this bee sting in the place where the bonfire happened, right? The place where the climax happened in this big open area in the field.
1: In Cabrini Green the abandoned projects area of the remaining property area of the old Cabrini Green. So it's near like the old church where a bonfire happened where Helen Lyle had originally died in the first film.
0: He gets stung by a bee right in that location and throughout the movie it slowly starts to spread this infection and it's like transforming his skin... Mild spoilers ahead for what I'm about to say. It almost looks like his skin is taking on the texture of a beehive, which is really creepy and gruesome. Some disturbing body horror there, which I haven't seen before. Part of why I wish the movie was longer, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, I probably messed up that pronunciation. He gives a really good performance, but he spends the second half of the movie maybe even more kind of in a trance or in like a fugue state he doesn't really have a lot of autonomy and i wish he did because he came across more like a passive character Mm. for a while and his girlfriend is very worried about him and then you know we meet her brother and his boyfriend and they're worried and neither of them are developed all that much they're just kind of there and Part of me almost thought the girlfriend maybe should have been the protagonist. I just thought of this. Maybe if the two of them were like both investigating. And he goes into the fugue state and has this infection. He also doesn't seem to be going to the doctor until way too late. Where he has this horrible transformation of his where hand. Where most of his
1: arm has transformed. Yeah, then he
0: finally goes to the doctor. and It's like, I'd be horrified if I saw like just a little bit of the bite looking like that to my skin. So that was weird. She seemed like the a little more of the normal one. The one that maybe would be the main character. And then he would be the second main character who's going through the transformation. And she's kind of takes on the action. And she's the one doing everything. And that does sort of happen at the very end. Not much else happens until the climax. I guess that's yeah. where we are.
1: I think that when we're reaching the climax and it does feel sudden, you're surprised by who's bad i guess and why and then the girlfriend brianna is brought in to be more front and center that is when the movie also has some more of its violence as well and
0: violence that i was surprised at because a lot of the other like slasher scenes were mostly off screen as i mentioned and since this is a and slasher movie i wish they little were more, also of it more was-
1: distant they were more distant, like, where you could see them, like, from, like, you could see that certain things were happening, but some of the scenes would happen, but the camera would be moving away from the situation, so it wasn't like you were really close to know all the blood and guts involved. It was kind of like, you know that person's being dragged. That's or uh, true. disemboweled or something. I,
0: I like those two scenes where one scene showed the strength of the director, where, the, you know, a bunch of it was through the mirror of a makeup kit or whatever. And, yeah, I liked that as well. Yeah, and then, and then I really and you liked...
1: You see the bees.
0: Yeah, and I really, I really liked the slow zoom out when, when, when something happens to a woman.
1: The art critic.
0: Yeah. For some reason, I thought that was a doctor's office or a dentist's office, but I <laughs> guess it was somewhere else. No. I like the creativity. It wasn't just dumb characters. They summon Candyman, then he shows up and slaughters them, and you're reveling in it. A little more clever than that. And yes, the end does... goes full on supernatural body horror time and i think people in our theater were cringing a little bit and i was like yeah this is what horror is supposed to be (laughs) um you know no half measures pg-13 stuff this is right in line with the first Candyman, even though it's a lot more slick and nice looking and modern it does feel like it's part of that franchise while doing a good job of rebooting it and modernizing it and making a different enough story to where this soft reboot isn't just a glorified remake which i would be disappointed at yeah. it's not that maybe they're leaving room for a sequel i don't know i don't really care <laughs> this movie works just fine on its own
1: one thing i really do have to say i appreciate is that when even though yes it's rushed it all happens quickly i like that the characters they do explain the stories of the different types the different embodiments of Candyman, people who were falsely accused Why they, just them murdering people in revenge of their own pain and suffering. But then, I mean, it is a cool sight to see with Anthony, who is most recently passed.
0: Full on spoilers now.
1: The very, very end. Where we realize William, who was the guy at the laundromat, the owner of the laundromat, he's actually bad. He was traumatized from Candyman, the guy Sherman Fields, who's the Candyman. Anthony essentially then becomes Candyman to maintain the legend. So the legend will continue on.
0: The Candyman in this movie is not the Candyman from the first movie. He is a different one. And now Anthony is Candyman. And this is where this confrontation with Burke and Brianna and Anthony ends with Brianna being the only survivor, and then Anthony comes back as Candyman. And at the very end is when we get our cameo from Tony Todd, and then it just ends suddenly. So, even though this climax was kind of quick, it was really good, and I loved the sound, especially, and seeing the full on Candyman. He rescues Brianna from the police, and the mythology is a little muddled i'm not quite sure how this all works with the multiple candy men adding more information and some new ideas into this whole candy man mythos i guess
1: anthony 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 are you okay? And then... oh, what the hell is going on? This neighborhood is haunted. I think I made a mistake. I brought him back. Candyman isn't real. He told me he has purpose for you. Tell everyone. New to the neighborhood. <laughs> you should say it. Candyman. Say his name. I really liked the movie's use of harking back to the original film and its imagery, you know, like the hole in the wall, original actors, like even the mom, who I know you would think looks the same age as the original actor, but I'm pretty sure she's the woman who played the mom in the first film. There's just these different visuals that I think fall in line with colors that are used in the first film too. I, I like that use in there, which is smart. With telling everyone, I mean, I think that's all about, you want the legend to continue. You don't want people to forget about those people, but also you don't want Candyman to be forgotten. And so tell everyone that he is real.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what that means.
1: Will you recommend this movie, Ben?
0: I would recommend Candyman 2021. If you like the first Candyman, you should definitely see this. Yeah, I like it about as much as that, honestly, maybe slightly less. Diana, would you recommend Candyman 2021?
1: Yes, I'd recommend this movie. I do wish it was longer as well. Also, stay and watch the puppetry post-credits scene. I mean, it's a credits scene, really. It's happening during credits the whole time, and it's also telling the stories of the different Candymen, and I think that's also really important to give context in the story, too. I really loved that use of art in this movie hi film booze if you want to contact us with any questions or comments or thoughts on the film you can reach us at filmscaped at gmail.com that's f-i-l-m-s-c-a-p-e-d at gmail.com we have a website called filmscapepodcast.com. we also have an instagram at podcast, which you should definitely follow if you are not already Please remember to rate and review and subscribe.
0: On the podcast platform of your choice.
1: Thanks.